seem violent or militaristic. He says a veteran just handed it to him at a show once. None of this is, uh, there's no master plan behind any of this. This is just all like, you know, me just trying to make a living. And his fans loved it. The crowds just started to get bigger. He held anti-disco events all over the city, all leading up to that White Sox game on July 12th. And when Steve looks back on that night, what he sees isn't a racist and homophobic riot, the way lots of people have in years since then but rather a big crowd of middle-class rock fans reacting against the phony Studio 54 Saturday Night Fever scene, saying, Hey, we want to wear our, our t-shirts and our jeans, and we don't want to have to, we don't want to have to wear th- white three-piece suits to get laid. And he says he didn't see the whole thing as a very big deal. And there happened to be smoke and fire because they put too much of a charge in the, in the box that blew up the records, and they had too many records in there. But, you know, uh, I, I don't really... Th- think that it was anything other than youthful exuberance. It feels hard for me to imagine that like people are going that crazy just because they don't like disco music. Like what what was going on, do you think? I get what burning, you know, uh, things looks like, you know, burning records, burning books, whatever. It it looks I understand how in hindsight people say that it was racist and homophobic, especially based on the identity politics of the, you know, of the present day. But at the time, I, it, it never occurred to me because that was really not the intent of it. You really didn't see that, that? That didn't sort of cross your mind like, oh, this might look like that? No, it absolutely it did not. Um, uh, if it, any, 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 most of the people who make that statement weren't around for the run-up to it. And uh, it was essentially just a harmless, you know, we were having some fun. Now, Vince Lawrence, the usher we talked to earlier, was there for the run-up to that night. And to him, it was not fun. And the people that broke a Marvin Gaye record in his face didn't seem harmless. But Vince doesn't blame Steve Dahl for what happened to him that night. He even still listens to The Loop. He thinks what happened probably had as much to do with the place where the event was held as the event itself. Vince says the neighborhood around there had a certain reputation. There were stories that You better not get caught in Bridgeport after dark. Bridgeport is where the stadium was. There was a sandwich place called Riccobini's. And I was like, you know, you better not be running, going to Riccobini's after dark because that's on the edge of Bridgeport and you could get your ass whooped. And this neighborhood is what brings us to the last turn in the story, where the place that killed disco helps give birth to this whole other kind of music. Just a quick warning, this next part contains some strong language. Not long after that night at the stadium, something awful happened to Vince in Bridgeport. On my birthday, I was coming home from school. I went to Lakeview High School. And occasionally I would end up taking the Wentworth bus, which put me in the neighborhood of Bridgeport. And um, a teenage boy driving a, I don't know, a pickup truck of some sort, pulled up next to me and said, hey, the fuck are you doing here? And I said, I'm just, I'm walking home. And they said, no coons live in this neighborhood. And you better get the fuck out of here, nigger. And I just took off running. And they drove and they caught up with me and beat my face till it looked like a potato. And I went back to my friend's house and they called the police And the police came. They said, well, let's drive around and see if we can find them. And funny enough, first gas station 
there's the truck, and there's the guy who beat me up. And they arrested him, 